here we go. So we've just been talking about accents. Um, <laughs> I had it at, um, you know, I had it at a funeral last weekend. This, that's not a good start to a podcast. Like, oh, <laughs> no, really that's depressing. Down, but, so my family on my dad's side, South Carolina and Tennessee. So mm. I told my wife, I'm like, you're lucky that like you met me down here in Florida where we're kind of somewhat accent neutral, I would say, compared to say, if you're in Louisiana, there might be a little bit of Creole or, or French influence, right? Mm -hmm. But South Carolina, like, so Alabama, right there, that's like the typical Southern accent and it's real nice the and happy slow and welcoming, draw. slow, right? But South Carolina, I cannot figure them out. And they're my relatives. I'm like, I don't know. And some of them, like, it's real heavy. I'm like, I don't know what you just said, Uncle John. I have no idea. I'm thinking that to myself. I'm not saying this out loud. I'm like, I don't know what he just said. And then my, oh, let's see. My grandmother would be early 90s. One of her friends from when she was like eight years old showed up to the funeral. Crazy. Like, so we went to this little tiny town. She's like, well, I knew Betty Jean and I used to live right around the corner. I'm like, corner. Like, it's so much fun. Yeah, we're, we're great. We're like a melting pot of accents around here, aren't we? United States, what a, what a, what a fun thing. Well, should we get started? I'm just going. Anyone have yeah. any other input, input on accents? Look, y'all already made fun of the way I talk, so I, I know. mean. <laughs> Let's see. Beth says bagel. I hear bagel. It. It's a bagel. There's a little bit. Of, there's like a lift in there. It's or something. a bagel. Bagel. There's like a bay. Bagel. Like Titans or something. How do you oh, say? Well. What do you? What do you call the the item that a child colors with that's made out of wax? Crayon. What? Crayon. 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 <laughs> no. What do you say? It's crayon. Crayon. Like Crayola. Crayon. It's crayon. crayon. How many syllables you, is that? It's crayon. It's crayon. So maybe I am from South Carolina. What's mm -hmm. happening here? Crayon? Cray How do you like say it again? Like a crayon apple? Crayon. crayon. <laughs> I need some crayon. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> this is so funny. What, up, what else do I say that's not correct in this, in this world? This is worse than <laughs> oh my, my bagel. Crayon. Crayon. Oh, my goodness. Crayon. We need to get started. We're getting, we're getting distracted here. <laughs> you know what? Let's get started. Welcome to Marketproof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 309. I am the ad doctor, Andrew Peake. And with me today is Beth Russell and Julie, Julie Jarnigan. Hello. She's so Hi. nice. I said her name twice. There we go. So how are y'all? <laughs> oh, How's like life? It. It's great. How are yeah. you? I'm good. Good. We're hyped up. I have my favorite. This episode brought to you by Monster. It's actually not, but these purple ones, this is my jam this month as far as caffeinated beverages go. Um, and that's my story. I'm going to talk about caffeine. So we went to the funeral. We had to drive. There's no quick way to get to Sumter. If some the two people listening that know where Sumter, South Carolina is, it's east of Columbia, kind of on the way towards Myrtle Beach. But there, so you could fly into Charlotte or you fly into Columbia. There's no quick way to get there. It would have been longer time flying as far as like actual travel time than just driving straight there. So we drove there. It was a late night. Um, for some reason, we went to Panera, Panera Bread for like car food and we didn't want mcdonald's i don't really like mcdonald's to eat i didn't want chick-fil-a when something i knew like would just be like safe in the car we're good to go we had a few more hours left and i didn't know this but um i'm gonna try to find the name of it 
Panera energy drink. They have Panera has, they call it charged lemonades. I don't know if y'all have seen those in person. This is the first time I've seen them. I put it on my story mm. and the caffeine intake, the caf amount of caffeine in it is insane. Oh my goodness. And it's this little tiny sign. And it made me think, and someone actually died from this. So this is, sorry, everybody. This is like a tragedy. This is, yeah, <laughs> like this a is like a real issue. This though, is a real is issue. But the yeah. point of it is like signage, messaging, communication. It's mm -hmm. cool. It's a charged lemonade. It has some caffeine in it. And it compares it to coffee, which no one is like, oh, you're going to like overdose on caffeine from coffee. That'd be ridiculous. Even if you go to Starbucks and you're like, I want eight shots in a venti. Sure thing. Like they're not going to question you. That'd be really strange to do, but I'm sure someone's done it or they get two drinks and they drink them like back to back to back. But like the flavor of this, like you could just want to drink. It actually tastes pretty good. I had a little bit of sample, but the signage was like, this is just like coffee. Then you look at it and you're like, there's 400 milligrams of caffeine, which is absurd for like a cup. And then you drink it. You're like, I want more. I want more. So that's the issue. But it made me think like, whoa, how was this decision made? There was how many people that touched this? Mm -hmm. product they designed the product they had you know maybe they had um feedback from potential consumers as far as they did like focus groups like what should we call it do you like this name versus that name mm -hmm. hundreds of thousand dollars into researching it and they still kind of got it wrong yeah Ooh. so i don't know it's just interesting I'm like well what was the miss i was sitting there driving like what happened there like how many people touched this and they still got it wrong and they're gonna have a huge issue on their end yeah I'm sure we can relate to that as far as like, how do we decide on this? Like what, what is happening here? You probably have to go back to like the drawing board, but more than likely, I think there was multiple misses along the way. Mm -hmm. And then it just led to this not so great decision-making by everybody. So probably yeah. it's not one person, but communication. So important. Thinking so important. through thinking all through. of it. Like, do you have to think through all possibilities? And it's not that you have to overanalyze, right? Like don't no, send yourself down a rabbit hole, but like think through something before you actually make it into your new strategy or in yeah. this case, a new product, new product or how to pronounce a crayon <laughs> Crayola. I have to learn how to do that now. So it's a new skill. I'm going to keep it, saying bagel. Bagels. <laughs> Did you hear it? Oh my goodness. Julie, what do you got? What do you got this week? Uh, well, this one's more of a question for you guys because somebody Ooh. brought it up in a meeting and it made Make me wonder. Nervous. So we were talking about a new community, but it's in a brand new market. So not their normal market. They build in one market, different areas in one market, moving to another market. And we were talking through the first community and she was like, we were talking through search ads and digital ads and when they were putting a sign up and when it was going to the website. And she was like, I don't know. I, she said, I feel like I'm just missing something or overthinking. She was like, it's really just like any other coming soon community that we've mm -hmm. ever done. And that made me stop and be like, well, is it? I mean, when you're, I just think it's worth a conversation. Like when you're opening a new community in a brand new market, what's the extra things you have to think about? And for me, mm -hmm. it's like, I think there's more research that has to be done because you've kind of already have that internal research already done. If you've already opened communities in your area before, like whether you you've like sat down and written that out or not, you, you know, kind of what to expect. Um, I also feel like there's some things we need to start earlier because it's a new market kind of on that research part. Like we don't know how long it's going to take to build a list. 
And then I think also it's a little bit more of that branding messaging. I know like we don't love the branding thing, but there's also a, there's also, you have to think about that two ways. Cause we also got some branding stuff. They wanted to started that didn't even have like the first location price point, like front and center. Like it kind of has to start with that, but you also have to think about the messaging. So that just got me to thinking there is some different things about opening in a new market you have to think of, but in the end, it is just a new community plus some extra things to consider. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. We had, um, when I was at my previous builder, we went into a new market and we treated it as though it was any other new community that we were releasing. What we were not prepared for was how that market, that area did not want us there. Mm Mm-hmm. And that made it, it's something that we wish we would have known ahead of time and would have done the research for ahead of time, because then we would have been able to have some time to like do some PR and like really do some grass grassroots efforts and get to know the community more, show them that we're not the bad guys, that we really want to build them a beautiful home. And we're not trying to order all, all of these things, right? We would have had the opportunity to do that if the work was done ahead of time. And what we ended up finding out was that they just flat out did not want us there. And we had the hardest time selling that community. It was, it was not a big community. It was a smaller community. Um, it shouldn't have taken the amount of time that it did, but it took a longer time just because of the reception of us being there. And so I think you make a great point that it is something different and you should take going back to the conversations we've had about market research and, and really taking the time and effort to do some research just like Panera probably did for their drink, even though they this had is some like the same question, which yeah. is so funny. Like it's almost the same type of thing. Um, clarifying questions for you, Beth. Mm-hmm. Um, did they not want you there or are they not in my backyard? We don't want new development. They did not want new Maybe development. Maybe flavor both. Okay. And then, yeah. but then they took like, okay, it well, this company related. name is a face of new development. Taking what I know changes so evil and bad. Who mm-hmm. says it changes the only certainty, you know, I think Kevin says it from someone else, but he changes the old, whatever changes going to happen, changes going to come. What's that song by seal? Good song. Um, yeah. So to me, yeah, and I agree with both of you. Like it's more on the product research or research of the area, just like Panera, you're, they're getting into the energy drink category, which like, well, let's compare and contrast that. That's fun. The FDA, I didn't know this. I did the research because I need to know these things. They limit 300 milligrams of caffeine per serving of this. What is a serving? We could just, you have like the nozzle, whatever you just fill up your cup mm-hmm. and it's the serving is created by the consumer. Yeah. You have a cup that holds four to eight ounces, but you put ice in it. What if you put less ice? So there is no serving. So they're starting. That was like the issue. They didn't really do this. How they got away with it. I have no idea, um, which is interesting. But yeah, to me, it's like product research, really knowing the product what is in the area, which you would assume land acquisition does. But I would think also the truth on the other end is like, hey, we got a great deal on this piece of land. It hits our numbers really well. But then there's maybe some nuances that you have to adjust like, oh, shoot, like we only got a proof of this. Like, oh, we really need to transition to a townhome now because the numbers aren't matching up. And now mm-hmm. you're building townhomes. And this is just an example. Townhomes in a more rural area where the expectations of acreage or at least space room neighbors to me, it's significantly higher than when you're like closer to like city center yeah. um, or downtown where they're like, oh, you're fine. Go away. They're like, what? 250,000 for that? And you get like a 10 by 10 foot backyard. Y'all are joking me. 
And then they see you taking down the trees or a farm, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're the evil people. Um, but you still sold out of that community, I'd imagine, Beth. It yeah, just took we did. A lot it just took it took a lot longer. It took a lot more money, marketing effort, um, yeah. to overcome the objections from the top. So, yeah. yeah, it was an interesting endeavor, but a good learning experience. And I think, like, I never really thought of it honestly, Julie, until now, in terms of the lessons that it could teach you regarding market research and and public perception of your community coming in, and how getting ahead of that can be extremely impactful when it comes to the success of a new community. And I've had multiple builders just here recently who are kind of working to get a spot at the table when it comes to land development. They know that they're not going to be like the final decision maker on that. But if you just get to be in there as part of the communication, you can prepare for the challenges that you may be the one responsible for dealing with down the road. And it gives you more time for that market research we talked about and all these other things. So um, if you can kind of earn enough trust to get you a spot in those conversations, uh, I think mm-hmm. that can help a lot too. Yeah. And it I starts with doing CMAs, like really learn how to do your competitive analysis and, and understanding your markets, because that's how you start earning that trust within your organization, that people are realizing that, you know, the data of what's happening within each market and why certain things are going the way they are, or why a product isn't selling or a price point might be too high, or even why something might be successful even on the positive side, like your CMA is how you can get your foot in the door. Yeah. I've always liked the idea of, um, putting some, like put your feelers out there. Like, um, I don't want to give the full details on it cause they'll give away too much info. Oh, that sounds so cryptic. Like people are like waiting, like <laughs> dun, what dun, is Andrew going to say? This is like a million dollar idea. Um, but there, there are ways, um, and if you hear this and you want to know, ask and do I see all access? Man, this is like a tease setup. Um, you can get feedback from the community even before you're building, even before a dollar mm-hmm. spent on land. You can get tremendous feedback. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Relatively low cost. And I think that's a really good way for the marketers to be like, hey, here's something I could do. Here's the expense behind it. Let's mm-hmm. get 300 people to give us their feedback. What's the price range you're looking for? What features are you looking for? What do you not want? How do you feel about a developer developing in this area? be like really generic and then like look here's some info here's some info and then you slowly get in the door and hopefully have more input on on acquisition which is great and then it's more successful because they're like hey here 300 people that live there here's their zip codes here's maybe a first name or something and you know what they're looking for kind of like the middle of the pre-sale process like what are you willing to invest where you're looking to invest just mm-hmm. do that before anything happens yep i think everyone I knows that. what i'm saying so yep. cool what do you got beth Wait, toilet paper holders, what can they teach us? Am I looking at your notes over here? What's happening? I need to know about toilet paper holders. Yeah, so it actually ties really well into the Panera story. I'm not going to lie. This was not planned. Good thing I went to Panera. I know, right? So good thing Panera screwed that up. I One of the things I love about this house is that I was extremely insistent that every single one of our toilet paper holders in this house must be a lever and not one of the spring ones because oh. those drive me bonkers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and it's like out. 10 bucks more for one that is just that. a metal arm. Yes. Yeah. They're amazing. And they're like, mm-hmm. every single time I have to change the tool labor, I'm not mad anymore. I'm just like, oh, bloop, bloop. like, it's just so easy. And I think my husband is less upset about the fact that I'm, I'm not leaving like little bits of toilet paper on the roll because I don't mind actually changing it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so easy. you're the guilty one. 
I'm the guilty one. Yeah. Shoot. So, but the, the story or the lesson here is that sometimes it's the littlest detail that means the world to someone, right? And the yeah. littlest detail that can make them happy or feel great about a situation. So, and sometimes it's the littlest detail in our marketing that can have a huge difference, both positive and negative, like in Panera's case. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things that we've been talking about with our builders a lot recently, especially going into November and December, is that there's not going to be a huge pool of people new coming in, looking to purchase a home. Right. 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 And a lot of what we need to be focusing on is our details in our, in our messaging, in our marketing, in our budgeting, and then the details of how we are communicating with people already in our CRM who have already expressed interest. And the ones that are focused on those details, particularly those personalized ones are the ones that are going to be the most successful within um, November and December leading into the next year. So just remember, you can learn something from toilet paper holders. Yeah. The details make the difference. This is a side, side tangent. Like, aren't there things like I I think about like when we're living in our home or like, let's say those toilet paper holders were like the standard ones included. Mm -hmm. Like, I think all these little things that really don't cost that much money on the product side for a builder can really add up to like people being satisfied with the home that are just like the tiny little things. Like to me, my pet peeve with our house is the distance from the fridge to the island. Mm-hmm. Like it's rather close. And we have like a little, what's it? Counter depth, I think is the the name for the refrigerator. That's already smaller. I'm like, if we had yeah. like a non counter depth refrigerator, it would hit the island. So then we're forced to get the counter depth. They're kind yeah. of a pain to shop for compared to the regular ones. But I'm like, and they're more expensive and they're more expensive. Why didn't they just in my brain? I'm like, why didn't they just like, make, I would have been fine with a shorter Island, like take off a foot. And now there's mm-hmm. like so much more room to get by because you're like, you open the fridge up and then it's maybe like half a foot from the Island. So you're mm-hmm. standing there, like getting everything out for dinner. I put it on the counter, the Island behind me making food. Like, this is such a pain. So then no one can get by in that spot, which is the main kind of okay. highway into the kitchen. But I'm like, this could have been such an easy change. And actually it would have saved money because the Island would have been shorter. The builder would have made more money. I would have been happier with the home. Hmm, that's interesting. Or another one, I'm just ranting for real quick. When you build with our builder, you have the option of having a paver driveway down here in Florida. That's the thing to do. We don't freeze, so there's no issues with that. Or a concrete pour driveway. And the great thing with them, I don't know if all builders, builders do this, but if you want to upgrade to the paver driveway, they include the cost of the concrete driveway poured to offset the cost of more pavers. It was like $400 more, four zero zero to go pavers on the front, the walkway to, to the front door and the back patio. If you did that, like after the fact, it would have, I don't know, 10 grand to like Mm -hmm. have it redone. It looks so much nicer. I'm like, why didn't they just force everyone? Like, that's not an option. Like I know it's profit. You have 75 homes, it's 700 more, but then the community would look so much better. And the price point of the homes, it honestly makes more sense to force that option. I'm like, oh, the, these little things, like on, we're talking about, I guess we're really talking about product, which in effect really mm. um, influences marketing. So that yeah, is one no thing that I in. was insistent that I'd be a part of. Uh, we had what we called, um, I don't want to give the, the name for it. It was like a funky name, but it was basically like, how are we going to value build our product, especially mm. as materials okay. became more expensive, right? 
So we had a, a collective of people from different departments coming together, marketing, sales, construction, pre-construction, all of them coming together to decide on how we're, what things we're, we can change and all these things. But it's really interesting because a lot of times in, in builders, especially at the production side, the only people making those decisions are the ones who are building the houses or, or pricing them out. And I think it's really powerful to have the marketing and the sales perspective present in those rooms because they can be the first one to say, no, like that is a feature that people love. The reason why they buy this house, you don't, the doggy door right. over the whatever, um, whatever the dog house in the like roof under the line, stairs. No, oh, oh, no, shoot. not that's, that's pretty mine cool. under the stairs, but yeah. they called it the dog house or whatever, but it's actually, I can't okay. think of the name right now, but either. it's, um, in, in the roof line, everyone's going to be laughing at me listening to this podcast, but my, my brain just stopped working. Okay. But basically like they were going to like take out. them out and we were like, no, that is people love those, love those. And so a dormer, a dormer, dormer. A dormer. yeah. Dog like house dormer. Doghouse dormer. Dormer. Yes. Thank you. I see what you mean. Yeah. It looks like a little dog house. I mean, yeah. And so here. like. It's, it can be, it adds, it's, it adds money obviously to the exterior of the home and the cost to build mm -hmm. the home. And it's like, okay, do we really need it? Need it? We can shave yeah. $800 off the price of the home and the cost to build, blah, blah, blah. But like that one feature made it stand out. That particular floor plan made yeah. it stand out amongst a bunch of others and people loved it. And so you take that away, you're going to start selling less of them. You're not actually making that profit back. Well, and in Andrew's example, if you made that um, island a little smaller, you can promote that as a new and improved floor plan. <laughs> so as a marketer, when you go. make those changes, mm -hmm. um, people love new things and they love to get, you know, an email about brand new, this is improved. Um, so use that to your advantage when you do make floor plan yeah. adjustments. Our floor plans elevate your living. I don't know. I just made there it up, go. but something where you could have like this whole like yeah. elegant name, go to chat GPT and ask it to you know make names for you <laughs> and then change names slightly. And say oh, that you fun. use the buyer's feedback, like, and this yeah. Andrew P guy kept complaining. We listened and now we have words, <laughs> but he was so, he was okay. He's, okay. <laughs> He's from South Carolina. So God bless his, bless his soul. Bless his heart. Oh man. I think, I think that might be it for story time. So let's move on to the news. This one's fun. This is from Zillow. I'm like, what's happening here? So <laughs> nearly 70%, 70, 70% of prospective buyers would buy a haunted house if it checked all their boxes. Is this how desperate people are? Like, is this, <laughs> that's, that was my feeling on it. Like if you find something, it might be haunted. It might have a basement roommate that you don't know about that comes out at two or three in the morning, but you know, we could afford the home. So we're cool. Like we're, we're good with it. No, yeah. would y'all, would y'all, I'm definitely in the 30% of no way. Well, you're in Louisiana. There's like people that do like voodoo and stuff like there, right? I feel like that's I like know, the stereotype. I don't mess with that stuff. I do not mess with it. I'm the kind <laughs> so of mom that like threaten my kids. If there's a Ouija board at a sleepover, do not like, I'm very do weird about that it. stuff. That's so funny. I'm in the 30% that I would pass on the haunted house, no matter how good it was. I think Julie, I, when if, you were younger and the craft was like, that movie came out. Do you remember in the nineties when the craft mm -hmm. came out? Did you yep. ever do like, I remember me and my friends were like obsessed with the craft, which is horrible. What's <laughs> that? I think the movie paranormal activity, like, and that's what people are buying. Like it's paranormal activity, that movie, which was a dumb, a dumb movie. I don't, I don't know. I think I would, 
I would pass on a home where there was like tragedy, like and was known, mm-hmm. like, but haunted is kind of like, well, what's that mean? But if like, hey, like, just so you know, disclaimer, four years ago, a family of six was murdered here. Okay, we're good. Like, we're, we're going to pass. Mm-hmm. No, like, I believe like, we're definitely good. But maybe that's haunted. Maybe that's what they're classifying as something bad happening. Bad. Yeah, I don't know, y'all. Desperate no. times. I think they should market new homes, like definitely not haunted because no one else has lived in this home and that would be like sold. You know, I, I thrift a lot. Like I love going to thrift stores and buying stuff. Oh, okay. And like you read these stories about like, um, you know, people bringing items and then bad things. Like I'm very weird about that stuff. Yeah, you bad still energy. thrift. That's, I think that might be why you like it a little bit. It's kind of dangerous. Like I'm gonna go thrift, but you know, this item, who knows? <laughs> It this might longer have a burger past. basket, man. That's my... it, you need yeah. to like sage it and all that stuff. All right, it's cleaned. It's cleansed. We're good. Throw some holy water on it. Light some candles. No creepy dolls. No creepy mirrors. None yeah, no of creepy that. dolls. It's, yeah, none of that or no like weird basement things going on. Fortunately, I'm in Florida. There's no basements or you're under the water. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is um, interesting. <laughs> I'm put under the interesting category. I, but, I like their attempt at seasonal content, you know, but with data. <laughs> yeah, it is good. It's like, do they want this to go viral? Like, I think there's things companies do like, I don't know if you remember a while back, Amazon, they're really pushing this drone delivery. Mm-hmm. And it was before drones were really accessible. Mine's like right behind my chair. Like you could just Amazon get one in four hours. Like it's right there. This was like, oh, you have a drone. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. And so they're saying, hey, we're going to deliver packages with Amazon Prime via drone. And to me, I'm like, this is just an SEO play. Like they're getting earned media PR and then they're getting 100,000 links pointed to their sites from great websites. And that's going to help them rank a bit more. So I'm like, Zillow, is that what you're doing? If you're listening, let us know. Um, but yeah, you're right. It is timely with October. So I want, I want a builder to write a blog post about how we can guarantee that your house is not haunted because <laughs> yeah. it's brand new. There's there no you toenails. Go. I have your Yeah, I was about to say, I like that messaging better than no toenails in our carpet. Yeah, who's that? Quint, Quint Leers. I think you're the toenail uh, guy with the used carpet. Go like, do you really want that? Do you think about the, yeah, that's new Ghost is, three. you could sell new so much easier. Um, let's see. Let's go to the next one. This one didn't work for me, but we'll pull it up here. Um, so this one is from Wall Street Journal. There's never been a worse time to buy instead of rent. <laughs> I mean... I, I know what holes I want to poke in this article, so I'll go last. Um, but what did you guys like about it or not like about it? Well, I couldn't read the whole thing so because it was restricted. So, but I did, did include look, the Twitter. Yeah, the tweet. Yeah, that's what I was. I was kind of going through that and just like the rising cost to buy versus the rising cost to rent. And I think mm-hmm. the biggest hole to poke on this, of course, is that people still need to move. Right? right. And the rent, the cost of rent is still continuing to rise. And mm-hmm. so what is the long-term cost to you over your lifetime and, and the lifetime of owning versus right. not owning, you know, the reason why we have purchased three homes at three different duty stations is because now when my husband retires out of the army, we have net worth, we have something, we have accumulated wealth through the home, the homes that we have owned and then rented out. And so when we sell them, will hopefully, knock on wood, be in a good place. But we have friends of ours that have moved from state to state to state to state and have never purchased a home before. Mm, And they will not have the same 
wealth when they leave the army and they won't like, what are they going to do? They're going to buy for the first time in their forties or fifties, depending on whenever they decide to retire. And I mean, no judgment, like everyone's different, but like the VA loan is such an amazing tool and the cost to rent is actually people are like, well, when you own, you have all these maintenance, you have to do all these things. Yeah. But renting, like you still have to do maintenance. You still have to do repairs when you move in and move out. You have security deposits. You have to, you know, sometimes you have to pay for places to get painted. I mean, we we're not discussing, so we didn't have to do that, but like there's, there's additional costs that still occur when you're renting and you're paying someone else's wealth at that point. hundred percent interest. Yeah. Is, and you have no rent. control over when your rents get right. I mean, you, it can be a year later, but what I'm saying is, you know, what your mortgage is going to be, you're paid right. what you paid for the house at one time before, mm-hmm. you know, real estate normally goes up. Rent's going to go up probably most years. So I just think it needs to be back to the research. You need to know what, if, if you um, sell a lot of first time buyer homes, you need to know what rents are in your area. Mm -hmm. Um, And you need to be able to have that conversation like Beth was having of the advantages of, of why. Yeah. And there's a bigger picture to this um, in both directions, right? Like some people just don't have the ability to purchase a home because they can't qualify because right now the average income needed to qualify for a home average home is like $114,000, $115,000 a year. And there's just families that don't have that even at adult income level. So like that is still true. And there's still people that can't afford to purchase. And so they are having to rent, but I mean, both are on the rise. That's the reality. Yeah, both. So the chart we're looking at is from Bar Chart. It is a Twitter account, which really just, I don't understand, they just take popular subjects and they throw it into a chart. And then it is a great place to to view them. Um, so to me, the first hole I'll poke in this is like, this is just the average mortgage and then the average rent. It's not, mm-hmm. um, I'm in Seminole, Florida, our zip codes that we would find acceptable to live in to make it simpler. 33777, 33776, 33772, right? Rent for those areas for a four bedroom, two bath, two to two, 2,500 feet, like a family-ish home, right? Maybe it could be a little smaller, but like 3,500 to 4,000 is what you will pay for a detached home for that. That home would sell for around 500, four to 500, depending on like what street and like all that sort of thing. So like, this is correct, but I'm like, okay, we still go down to like the individual. I think it is not the most accurate set of data. Um, cause it's 2,700 for what, like what size home, what mortgage amount is the 18 it's comparing $2,700 is the average mortgage now versus 1845 is the average rent. Was that for a two, two, is that including a bunch of one, one studios? Or mm-hmm. one one studios in like outside of downtown or not even close to downtown, which those might be twelve hundred or eighteen hundred. And this comparing all mortgages in X amount of time, which maybe there's everything's gone up, there's less first time homes or like entry level homes. So like that's gonna skew up everything already. So I don't think it's I don't think the data is really actually fair um or comparable. Um but everything you guys said is one. 100% true. Like your mortgage is locked in. Insurance could change. Property taxes don't change. Those things will continue to rise up, but mm-hmm. your actual mortgage is locked in for what it is. 
and I always thought, you know, rent is 100% interest, like you're losing all of that. But then you gain flexibility, you can move with after your lease is up or if you can get out of it. Um, yeah. But how do you, but we still have to counteract, like if people are seeing articles like this, mm-hmm. we still have to sell them otherwise because we mm-hmm. still need to sell. Um, but people will move. There's an interesting lesson here based off of everything that you just said. Um, let's see. Yeah, let's, let's see let's, let's see what this looks like. But, you know, this is someone taking data and delivering mm-hmm. it in a digestible way and creating Definitely. a story around the data, yep. right? And every mm-hmm. day as marketers, we need to be able to do that. We're sitting here and we're poking holes in all the data and asking right. relevant questions and telling the different stories that this data could also be potentially showing us. So I think like, there's a lot of skill that just unfolded in this conversation. Yeah. That's a, that skill that marketers need to be practicing right now. Genius. That's why you're here. Love it. Love it. Just saying. Just you just saying. don't deliver charts. And it's one metric, charts. right? It's we kind one of metric. like mm-hmm. we kind of get a little whatever. We kind of get some attitude. We're like, this is one metric. It's kind of one metric. There needs to be like square footage, bedroom count something to like make it a bit more mm-hmm. precise versus just average mortgage versus average rent um yeah, yeah. but I agree there's not like that it, many three thousand square foot rentals or not as no. many as there are 900 square foot rentals 100 percent. yeah yep. i agree mm-hmm. they need to put like um yeah i don't know what would be i don't know if there's any mass way to that'd be applicable to like the whole united states what third metric to throw in there I don't know. That'd be fun to think about, but I'm gonna start following bar chart. A lot of finance stuff. Like it's not, yeah, it's definitely nerdy, but it looks like a lot of fun um, to go in there. And get some inspiration from the charts that you see and the data that's being showcased. Yeah. I, how many times do you guys get asked like, what data point should I, what metric should I be focusing on? Like, Ooh, that's such a hard question, isn't it? Because it's, it's not just like, I think our fear, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, um, especially you, Andrew, being the ad doctor, like if you focus on one metric only, I'm not not even a PhD, um, a self-certified PhD. Um, $12 on eBay. If you only focus on one or two metric points and tell the story around that consistently, then you're missing parts of the story Mm -hmm. and you're not painting that full picture. Yeah, and everything you need to know doesn't necessarily need to be reported to other people in the company and leadership. Like mm-hmm. you need to take all that data and then give them something more digestible. If you try to just dump all the information we're telling you to keep track of on other people who don't have any context, mm-hmm. you're just in for lots of questions and probably um, conclusions that you didn't want them to reach because they don't have the full story. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So I'll lean on my funny Instagram handle and kind of nickname the ad doctor. So I think we've all had blood work done. We're all old people here on the podcast, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And so you have like, Thanks say here's that. like, you're welcome. Everyone's <laughs> welcome. I mean, I feel old sometimes like I had an echocardiogram like two weeks ago. Like that's some old people stuff. Um, who's had one of those? Anybody? I bet Beth has. Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> Beth's got all the stuff. So <laughs> if you do, if you do blood work, right, you have like CMP, you have like all right, here's your red blood cell count. Here's your hematocrit. Here's all these things that are related to blood. Here's all these related to cholesterol. Here's all these related to liver, kidney, like the different systems of your body. Mm-hmm. So we're not doctors on here, but we are marketers. So there's 
let's say you get your panel done and there's 40 different metrics they're monitoring. They're all connected together. And you're like, oh, why is your hematocrit high? That's like the density of your blood, kind of. Well, you're dehydrated because look down here at this metric. That means you're dehydrated. It's going to make mm -hmm. this one higher. So we need to understand all these things and then explain it to our internal clients, which would be anyone you're working with or like your patients. You can't just be like, hey, look, your matter gets high. You need to, that's not good. You need to go give blood or something. It's like, no, you just need to drink your water. What's wrong with you? So we need to explain these in a way that everyone understands what we're talking about, but we don't need to go into the science all behind it, but mm -hmm. we definitely need to understand it. Um, and if we understand it, then we can control it. We can man manipulate it or have influence on it. And then we can yeah. have better outcomes for our patients, although we're not doctors. So better outcomes for our builder. Uh, but if we don't understand it, then how are we going to influence those? We might yeah. push the wrong levers or do things that will then send it in the wrong direction. And the whole point oh. is, is that you can't understand it by only focusing on two data points. You have to understand how they kind all work all. together. Yeah. You kind of need all of them. And over time, yeah. you'll like get a better picture of the whole systems. You're like, oh, it's all connected. It's all connected. And then you'll have this, like, I think, epiphany moment where you're like, oh, this is actually not that challenging anymore. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's a point. In two, three, four, five years in your career, like what used to be difficult is now like kindergarten level. It's one on one. You mm -hmm. keep going up and up and up. Um, if you if you love it, if you're passionate about it, then those things will be like super easy to do. Oh man. Well, there we go. That's it yeah. for the news. That went an unexpected route, but I liked it. Yeah. It worked out. It worked out. Well, current favorites, Beth, what's your oh. current favorite? Um, Halloween is big in our house. We actually okay. shared this on, I don't know if it was a marketing team call or, or what of like different family themed Halloween. We are that family that go mm. hard, um, for Halloween. And so like over the years, our favorite has been hocus pocus thus far where Berkeley and I were, um, each of us were a Sanderson sister and my husband was Billy. So stay tuned for our family call tomorrow. Y'all, you might get a sneak doing? peek at that oh, Billy man. mask. Um, do it, and do it. Just freak everyone out. So yeah, we've done a ton of themed costumes over the year. We absolutely love it. I'm going to be really heartbroken when my kids are too embarrassed to do it with us anymore, but I know that day will come. Hasn't yeah. come yet. Luckily pay them. they might take a payment. Yeah. Bribe them with something. Yeah, That's fine. Dummies. Hashtag good parenting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this year we're, I don't know how we came about this. I forget who came up with the idea, but we're doing hook. Like Peter so, Pan. Yeah. Fun one. Like Robin Williams way back in the day. Yeah. Hook. My husband is hook. So that'll nice. be fun. I'm Wendy. Berkeley is um, Tink. Tinkerbell. Okay. That's insane. Fitting. I think she probably came up with this, honestly. Probably. This sounds, yeah. Tinkerbell. Well, sounds right. It sounds accurate. And then Cullen is Peter Pan and he has a sword. So he is hype. There we go. He's good. He's got the sword. Oh man. I don't, we, we've never done that. I don't think we've done like random things, but like, that's, I don't really like the effort of finding a costume, thinking <laughs> about a costume. There's something I'm like, I don't, it's too much. I'm a holiday person, but I'm a holiday person because of the food. Mm. So, and there's really like what food is there with Halloween? I like candy, candy but candy. I don't. Candy. Um, I will eat if candy, but it's more mindless brownies, You would like it more. Do you like brown? Yeah. To me, that's like Thanksgiving though. So Thanksgiving's great because you got all the desserts, all the food. Yeah. Julie, do you have any current favorites? I'm trying to think of one right now. I know I got, I got um, one. I watched the, um, comedy special by Nate Bargatze. 
Is that his name? Um, uh... It was really good. It's clean. And so you can listen to it like in the car or something. It's on Amazon. The only downside oh, is yeah. that I had Nate's hilarious. Yeah, okay. I had heard like half the jokes already on mm. scrolling Instagram. So that kind of ruined part of it. But that's worth listening to. Um, and I'm not like a comedy special kind of person. Like it's just not normally my thing, but it was cute. Yeah. And we're watching Parks and Rec right now, which I know oh. is old school, but that's first what we're time watching. or like is this like a repeat show? You do it all the time. I've never watched it all the way through. I mean, we've oh, okay. seen like bits and like a few, but we've never watched it all. And so that's usually what we do. My husband and I, we pick like a sitcom or something and just watch it all the way through like one a night. And so that's what we're on right now. So that's fun. Man, one a night. It's like a long time. Parks and we, we enjoy Parks and Rec. Uh, we go to the office, Seinfeld, Parks and Rec. Sometimes New Girl, we get thrown in there. And then like so something good. will pop up. Like we are, this is not a favorite. Definitely not a favorite, but we're watching it. Thousand Pound Sisters on TLC. Oh my gosh. Uh, you and Kevin with your reality TV. I usually don't like reality TV, but this is just so, I mean, there's a lot of, this is, I'll talk about it. Then I'll tell you my favorite. Like the extremes are interesting to me, even though this is like, to me, it's really sad. I know there's like, they're kind of have funny little things, but I'm like, Ooh, like this is truly addiction showing. I'm mm -hmm. not trying to be so serious on this podcast. I got a smile on my face, but like, this is addiction. There's like mental health things to deal with of why do you choose to eat all this stuff. Um, so that's interesting to watch, but say Shane Gillis, I really enjoyed him recently as far as comedians go. How okay. did you find uh, Nate Bargazzi, Julie? Although I think Instagram. you have a mailman. Instagram. Okay. Instagram. So I found Shane, same thing, Instagram. So that's really interesting as far as like new people to their funnels is Instagram, TikTok, Facebook listening? reels. <laughs> so Shane Gillis, um, I think comedy should be on the edge of maybe offending a lot of people, maybe not. And he and kind of rides like that one. He's super clean. He's yeah, he's fun. I like him, but he's yeah, you're right. He's clean. Um, like Theo Vaughn, he's from Louisiana. I'm not sure if you know Theo Vaughn. He he's, no, I know Theo from Real World yes. or Road Bulls. That's how yeah. Mm -hmm. So somehow yeah. he's been like around for a long time. Isn't that crazy to me? Like he mm -hmm. who'd have thought? And I think he's hilarious. He's definitely out there. Like he's he has problems to deal with, uh, but he's. <laughs> He's funny. He's unique. He's, he's interesting. But so Shane Gillis, he's my, he's my go-to right now as far as comedians go. Um, let's see. Well, that, that's it for this week. We have anything else to add? Like we're in charge here. Boss's way. We're, we're here to play. That rhymes, so I said it. All right, there we go. Well, that is it for this week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to become a member for free of DU Converts all access community app for home builders and developers. Watch behind the scenes video from the podcast frequent exclusive postings and analysis from the DYC team, access to private hangouts, and more. Until next time. Have a good one. Happy Halloween. Bye. You're right. See y'all. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Marketproof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one? Or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market proof.